T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Danny and Dusty. What the God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? With Danny Murray and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. What ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. Describe the ruckus, sir. And 1080. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this Halloween edition. Best candies that are coming in at 503-250-1080. Uh, Reese's Pieces. Not butter, peanut butter cups? I'm, uh, that I'm one coming guy. in is the best. I'm down with well, the pieces. I don't... Uh, if, if you have the option of pieces versus cups, who goes with the pieces? I do. You do? A little handful of the, the old pieces just kind of... I Toss grab them, them both. Yeah. <laughs> Toss them in, man. I don't need a holiday to tell me to eat candy hand over fist. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's fair. I'm, I'm not mad at you. Again, another mm-hmm. another one that I that, that this, um, I like Reese's Pieces Frozen. I like, I like my chocolate frozen. Nothing wrong there. Okay. It's weird. I know. Okay. It's all right. I'm, 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 I'm just going to say it. Also, if I'm you say Reese's Jamie. Pieces, you're uh, a serial killer. Yes. Agreed. And you're probably dressed up as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween. There you go. <laughs> and they're not actually dressing up. That's just their daily wear. Full circle. hey All right. The Pac-12 is doing something that they haven't done since the year 2001. Err. This is a very long time. Um, the a- latest AP Top 25, the carnage in front of the Pac-12 benefited greatly. <laughs> what was that just roadside disaster of Oklahoma State. Weird things happen in Manhattan, Kansas. We were talking about this uh, in the pregame show with uh, Dirt and Anthony, and I said the game that I kind of have an eye on is that Oklahoma State-Kansas State game because of weird things happening around Manhattan, Kansas in this time of year. Good Lord. I didn't expect 48 nothing. They got the doors blown off them. That's one of the best offenses in the country getting blanked. Yeah, and then the you saw the avalanche fall upon Penn State, and that game was close. The final score was not indicative of how close it was for three quarters. Penn State was but, the best team on the field for 44 minutes. <laughs> uh, but this is what great teams do is the avalanche hits you, and you can't get back up, and Ohio State absolutely pummeled them in that fourth quarter. I still don't believe in them. Eventually you will. I'm not. Eventually I'm not going to. The, the, it, I'm just not. 
I, I believe. I tell you this. I believe in Mar- I feel, Marvin I feel Harrison. Some Jr. Ohio State bias. I, I, I feel I, some Ohio State. Bias. There's there's some certainly, but I believe in Marvin Harrison Jr. That man, I believe in. They're so good. Uh, my Mayan Williams uh, going down in that game was was big for uh, Ohio State, and you just kind of saw things when he left the field kind of sputter for a little bit, but then they got back on it, and boom popped it. But what happened with the carnage in front of the Pac-12 teams, it could not benefit the conference more. Oregon stays at 8 in the AP Top 25. USC, UCLA both move back into the Top 10. SC to 9, UCLA to 10. Utah gets a little bump for gutting out a win on Thursday night in the uh, in the Palouse. They're up to 12, and that means this is the first time since October 28th of 2001, you and I were both that in high the Pac-12 has four teams in the top 12 <laughs> of the AP poll. Think about that. You and I were both in high school the last time this happened. Yep. And it's the first time they're going to head to November with four teams in the top uh, 12. At that, that year, it was Oregon was at eighth, UCLA was nine, Stanford was 10, UW was 11. Whew. Yeah, it is the first time that the Pac-12 has had uh, three teams in the top ten in the AP uh, since November 27th of 2016, which this is wild to think of the first two teams in this because of how far they've fallen. <laughs> UW was fourth, Colorado ninth, and USC was tenth. Uh, that, according to Pac-12 research, Weird. that is. I mean, this is a long time that the conference has been had this many teams. This relevant this late in the year, and, and that says a lot about the conference. Throw a fifth in there because the old beeves crapped the top, cracked the top uh, twenty-five. <laughs> did you say they crapped the top crapped, twenty-five. Crapped the top twenty-five. <laughs> they did. They crapped on it. it in a buy. Yeah. In a buy. Exactly. No so they, they, they literally crapped on it. They said, "We're so good, we're yep. going to make it in the top twenty-five without playing a game." Be, I think it was that uh, Oregon State was undefeated all time against BYE. They've never lost a game to, to BYE. And so that got him into the top 25. And hell yeah, the Beavs being ranked 24th, I think one, that is a, a, a tip of the cap to them. Um, and two, it's a tip of the cap to the conference. Because if you look at it, uh, the Pac-12 now has the second highest one-loss team in all of college football. That being Oregon, only behind Alabama, um, which that, there's no shame in that game. But then you go, the third highest ranked one loss is USC. The fourth ranked is or fourth highest ranked one loss is UCLA, and the highest two loss team in all the country is Utah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think of that. That's pretty good when you have. That many teams getting that much love, and now you have Oregon State cracking into that top 25, and they got a tough one this weekend. I mean, there's no bones about it. This is a big game Friday up at UW, and you're coming off a bye. You're finally ranked in the top 25. you got to take your show on the road, and you're going to be going up against a team that likes to whip it all around the field. I'm excited, but this is great news. If you're a Pac-12 fan, let alone a Duck or a Beave it's a good time to be a fan. I mean, it's been a while since both teams have been relevant. Yeah. And uh, it's going to make the game formerly known as the Civil War great to end the season. And the Bees have a chance here 
if they beat Washington to have a truly special season. They have a good season going right now. They beat Washington. Then all of a sudden you start looking towards what could be for the last game of the season. And having that game at Reeser, they have a chance to be a serious, serious spoiler and potentially go from eight to ten wins. Well, and how great is this for a conference, too, that for the last handful of years, you know, how many people have been saying that it's the worst Power 5 conference? And now you've got four teams in the top 12. And five in the top 25. Right as the conference is getting dissolved. (laughs) George Klyovkov holding it together. (laughs) Let's go. With with dental floss and duct tape. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll find out kind of what the playoff committee thinks of of the Pac-12 as a whole tomorrow because we have the first ever – uh, college football playoff rankings coming up first ever first of the year um, tomorrow and Dave Bartu college football matrix he just texts me uh, if you're looking at what the projections of the playoff committee are going to be according to, to his projections it's pretty similar except for the beefs are getting a bigger bump he's he thinks Oregon will be at eight UCLA nine SC 10 Utah 12 sounds familiar hmm. uh, with the beefs not being 24th rather 19th in the I mean, rankings. their two losses are to a top 10 team or two, two top 12 teams. And they took USC to the brink. Yeah. I mean, you really yeah. look at it again. They're having a very good season. And I, I know it's easy to get lost in that Utah game where they ran into a buzzsaw. But other than that, they've had a pristine season. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been fun to watch too. Um, because, you know, the, their native son, he came home, Jonathan Smith. They're turning it on and turning that program around. Uh, really fun to see. They were on a bye, though, this week. The Oregon Ducks were right here on the fan. And it's slow start, but they put on a show offensively yet again. The Ducks beat up on Cal. And we saw something from this Ducks team that was really good to see. Danny Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Knicks under center. Going to keep it. Dive it into the end zone. Give him a touchdown. Oh, Knicks has got 10 touchdowns on the year. The quarterback knows what the end zone looked like, and he goes and gets it. And he does it frequently. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Man, that Bo Nix, he's good at football, man. He's putting it together again. I'm about to have that Bo Nix. 
That was rushing touchdown number 10. Uh, he added another one in that game against the California Golden Bears uh, to push his rushing touchdowns to 11 this season. That is the most in the Pac-12. He is tied for first in the entire FBS amongst quarterbacks with 11 rushing touchdowns. It's weird. It's almost like we talked about this on Friday. The idea of uh, Bo Nix put together a monster yeah. game. Maybe it could propel him into a Heisman conversation. Let me tell you, or let me ask you, uh, is mm-hmm. nearly 500 yards of total offense and six touchdowns a good game? That is a good game, yeah. Ah, yes. That's a good game. That's a good game. Yeah, 27-35, 412 yards passing, three touchdowns, uh, three rushing touchdowns as well. But one thing that I was really impressed about and what we saw from this Oregon team that we have not seen all really all, all season long and kind of a rebound and, and right the ship quickly. And this is one part about, you know, Cal not being very good, but you're playing against yourself. You, you are. And, and I, I think that is one mantra that Dan Lanning has said is that, you know, we need to take care of Oregon. We don't worry about who we're playing. We need to take care of ourselves. And it was a rocky start for Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that impressed me the most, there was a lot of plays where the receivers weren't helping out. Bo Nix, uh, you had a, a one just blatant drop by uh, Chris Hudson. But then there's plays that it looks like the defense is making a, a good play, but you can put it on the receiver. Troy Franklin had one where he was running a curl, and you need to come back to the quarterback. Yeah, like You come back to the quarterback and create more separation if you just stop you're allowing the defender to make a play. There was a, another one with, I think it was uh, Dante Thornton early in the game as well, where you need to you need to make a play to help your quarterback out. And those ne- weren't necessarily happening. Then we saw Bo Nix for the first time since Washington State, not just throw an interception, but he threw two of them. Uh-uh. But it was the calming of the waters, with this Oregon team, and there was a lot of resolve. There was no panic throughout the course of the game, and I think that that is a bright spot. And Nick's he ended the game with incredible numbers, right? You mentioned it. You know, almost 500 yards of total offense. He had 412 yards passing, 27 of 35. He started the game 5 of 10, and he ended up 27 of 35. That's a pretty uh, tight window to finish that game with. And he also completed passes to 11 different wide receivers. And I think this offense is, I mean, they have been clicking. But I think that that says a lot about the confidence in in who they are and they're kind of comfortable in their own skin is that there was no pressing. And we saw this even last year against, you know, teams with lesser talent. Cal is a great example of this when they came to Autzen Stadium. There was a panic almost um, with Oregon that, you saw that clenching and you saw that tightening up. It's a credit to Dan Lanning, Tosh Lapoy, and Kenny Dillingham. This team has a very calm demeanor uh, amongst them when they get into tight situations. And I think that's the biggest difference between where they are at from Georgia and where they are right now. Yeah, I mean, Nick's put up monster numbers, and but you did, you had a calming effect not only within their offense, but DJ Johnson showed up in a big-time way. <laughs> I mean, he, he the 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 tackling box score reads three tackles and two sacks, which kind of undersells how impactful he was. It felt like during that game, every time I walk back into the room, I'm hearing his name or seeing him make a play, even if it doesn't show up in the, in the box score of just being impactful. And it was one was it 
was it the Washington State game that he that he actually got home again to? Mm-hmm. It, it felt a little bit like that, but kind of dialed up a little bit more. You saw his athleticism on display, and you saw him kind of get loose and be the athletic freak that he is in a way that I don't think we've really seen much of this season. And that I think that was a calming influence for them is that it didn't just have to be the offense when things were sputtering to start the game. On his birthday, no less. And it, I think everybody else, everybody just kind of went, <gasps> when he went down with his, his leg injury in that game. And this is something to keep an eye on is that Oregon has been very healthy if you do the knock on wood. But there were several instances where guys went down. Some of them came back. Some of them we we didn't necessarily see. But as those dings start adding up over the course of the year, we saw what? Chase Cota went down. Noah Sewell went in the injury tent. Uh, Troy Franklin with the best fake injury I've ever seen at the end of the half. <laughs> That, I mean, that was masterful Sell it, what baby. Troy Franklin did. I think he needs to get some sort of an award for that. And I know that what the Pac-12 is going to do, which is <laughs> they're going to send something out reprimanding Oregon or Troy Franklin. But if you missed it, at the end of the first half, there was uh, about five seconds to go. And I think what we saw at the end of the half against USC and Arizona, it makes it all that much more important what Troy Franklin did. Because the Pac-12 officials absolutely botched the the end of the half of USC Arizona. They started the clock when the ball wasn't even set yet after a first down, and the officials just kind of looked at each other and just said the half is over and screwed SC out of at least one more play or a field goal. I mean, it ultimately didn't hurt them, but that was poor officiating. But what Troy Franklin did is. He realized, and he had very good idea and awareness of the situation, great situational awareness. He caught the ball. He tried to fight for yards. He knew he was in the middle of the field. He knew he wasn't going to get to the boundary. So he turned, and then he just grabbed the back of his leg and fell down. Grab that hammy, baby. He, oh, he faked the hamstring injury. The trainers came out, and it was like this panic amongst duck fans which is justified <laughs> of like oh god the, not him the playmaker went out yeah. right before the half and that's a hamstring oh no and then there's a still shot of him smiling <laughs> 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 as he's being carried off the field he gave his team a free timeout it was masterful mm-hmm. we saw uh Devin booker do this against the uh mavericks in the playoffs last year where he hit the ground and uh courtside uh, camera or a courtside cell phone caught him. He was laying on his face for oh, drawing the you know drawing the free throws, getting getting a little bit of a stoppage, get, get, catching a free breath, and he rolls his head up and looks up and sees the guy holding the camera, gives him a wink and a smile, like hey, 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 got him, and pops right up. I listen. I hate it when it happens again in, in the USC Utah game. One of the Utah defenders when USC was marching late in the game uh, went down with a hand injury. That's called a scuba. You scuba yourself out of there. Hand injury. Take a dive. A hand injury, Dusty. He he yeah. went down. He sat down on the game on on the ground yeah. with a hand injury. That's how you get the clock to stop. I just you know I, you're not gonna be able to make it out. It's, ah, my hand. I was like, did is it falling off? Like, yeah. <laughs> like if you're gonna fake it, you've got it's got to be lower body. Like did, did did not did somebody not communicate this to you? Your hand, your point. legs work. Get off the field. <laughs> Very good point, Danny. Very good point. All right.
but it was a great day for, for Oregon. Calming the waters after what was a rough start against Cal, the offense, when they got humming, man, they did not look back. Uh, and the defense, well, I think one of the things that we can say, this team is very well coached. Adjustments at the half, teams may get some early in games, but they put down the, this Oregon team puts on the clamps in the second half, and it was no different when we saw what happened uh, in the second half of that game against uh, the the California Golden Bears because it was a shutout in the third quarter, and by the time Cal got back on the board, it was too late. Uh, 42-24, it was impressive. It was impressive. Ducks, Ducks did what they needed to do, and uh, Bo Nix uh, charts one up to maybe kickstart a little bit of a Heisman finalist push. Yeah, his numbers are going to start matching some of the guys that are putting up funny numbers, especially if he can do it again this week against Colorado. Oh, he should put um, up some crooked numbers this weekend. Yeah, he really should. All right, coming up next, it's our worst day on the web. Boy, not a good day to be a Spartan. But what about a Wolverine? Hmm. Here's Rust with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Okay, we've got the worst day on the web. It's a bad day for one program. One program? It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Well, that sucks. For the third time in the last seven home games, we have had an incident in the tunnel of the big house. Uh, last year at the very end of the season, the, the big game between Ohio State and Michigan, there was an argument uh, and a little scuffle ensued between Ohio State and Michigan players. I, I think it was Kirk Herbstreet who tweeted it out at, as they were entering the locker room at, or at halftime. They started yelling at each other because they have to go through the same tunnel uh, going through. Then we had just a couple of weeks ago Penn State, Michigan, as they were going in uh, for halftime, there was John back and forth. And then there was a claim from a Michigan player that somebody from Penn State threw a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in his face, which is weird and hilarious at the same time. Very specific. Who throws a cupcake? <laughs> Who checks the sandwich? <laughs> somebody throws a Penn sandwich State at me. Player. I'm not going to go back and be like, tuna? Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm not checking to see what sandwich it is. Like, I, I, I'm going to rate this like how mad you are at me by how much money you wasted throwing a sandwich at me. Like, what, does it matter that somebody threw a peanut butter and jelly versus a, a BLT? Like, what's going on here? That's super <laughs> weird. There, but we had two prior um, dust-ups in the tunnel. And he, after the Penn State game, there were calls for um, Michigan to change their practices as, as far as when teams enter and exit the field. It came to a head. Um, it came to a head this weekend after Michigan soundly beat Michigan State. 
you had uh, players Jaden McBurrows and uh, was it Jemon, Jemon Green both leaving the field and they got into they got jumped if we're going to be honest yeah by a host of Michigan State players as they were leaving the field and in the tunnel getting to their respective locker rooms. And that has led to Mel Tucker and Michigan State to suspend four players. Yeah, four players, linebacker Tank Brown, safety Angelo Gross, uh, defensive end Zion Young, and corner Harry Crump have all been suspended immediately and indefinitely by the Michigan State program. And it went out to the point where there's an ongoing police investigation, and Coach uh, Harbaugh expects there to be criminal charges brought. That's how violent the altercation was in the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, there was like you can see it on social media. The uh, I think when, the one when uh, Green was getting getting hit, the second video that surfaced, he was like getting hit with a helmet. Yeah, a guy took his helmet off and was swinging it. Think think Miles Garrett, uh, yeah. but with a, a victim being held down. Well, and that led to a press conference today where Mel Tucker sounded uh, very remorseful. First and foremost, I'll let you be the judge. First and foremost. Michigan State football is about integrity, discipline, unselfishness, toughness, and accountability. The incidents involved a involving a small group of our players do not represent our culture. Second, I made a decision. I made a decision to suspend players based upon video evidence that was provided to me and our athletic director yesterday. The suspensions will allow the players to receive academic support and medical services, but they will not be able to attend any, any organized team activities including meetings, practices, weight training, or games. Our entire team will be cooperating with law enforcement and the Big Ten Conference to further evaluate the events in Ann Arbor. That man sounds like somebody who he does feel bad and things are kind of unraveling. Uh, this is a team that, since that loss to Washington, where they were a top, you know, eleven team in the country, mm-hmm. they have lost five of their last six games. Their only win coming against a Wisconsin team that had just fired their head coach. Oh, here's Mel the- Tucker also, and I, I want to know. He was just talking about his players there. But there was a fan that was reaching down for, like, high fives, and I don't know what the fan said, but you could see Mel Tucker swat at his hand and then turn around and go back before he's kind of pulled back, you know, whisked away into the tunnel. Um, But there was a lot of emotions going on, and things are not going well in East Lansing. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm glad they're participating with the uh, police investigation, all that kind of stuff. The videos that I've seen, those players should not be receiving academic support. The, mm. the school should be throwing them out. It's it's that bad. It's that egregious. Yeah, it, it's the videos are bad. I mean, and Harbaugh and Tucker have both alluded to that the there's a video camera 
that has not yeah. gone public that makes us look even worse than it, than what we've seen. Well, uh, Jim Harbaugh, he he even mentioned it today. That video that you're talking about, uh, I have a feeling that will be released when you hear what Jim Harbaugh had to say. Take a listen. Uh, right now, we have an uh, ongoing police investigation. Um, what happened in the tunnel was egregious. Uh, sickening to watch the videos, the ones that are uh, that are on social media right now, and uh, also the ABC tunnel cam. It's in a in a um, higher elevation. It shows shows much more of uh, of what took place. Um, as I said, those are those are uh, sickening to watch. Uh, there needs to be accountability. There needs to be a full, thorough, timely investigation. I can't imagine that these uh, will not in, um, uh, that they won't. I can't imagine that this will not result in criminal charges. The videos are uh, are uh, are bad and. Um, it's clear what what transpired. It seems uh, very very open and shut. You know, as they say, uh, watch the tape. You know, uh, Jamon Green's uh, family apparently has retained a lawyer, and and they are going to be pursuing charges being pressed against Michigan State players um, who were involved in it. And this is this is where it kind of all comes to a head, though, and why I brought up at the very beginning of this, like. It can't be like a total surprise to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan that something like this was happening or could happen because of the fact that this is the third time in seven home games that they've had an issue with that tunnel at the big house. And there have been calls for we need to separate Michigan from the opponent when you're going in at halftime and at the end of the game, because what happened was both McBurrows and Green were the two, and, and this is what they usually do, they were the two first Michigan Wolverines in the locker room, and they were kind of entering at the same time. Mm-hmm. Th- that stadium has been around for a very long time. There's never been an incident like this. And now we're getting repeated. So what the hell is going on? Yeah, and so something something is something isn't right here, and when that video comes out, man, they, they do need to separate the teams mm-hmm. before because emotions are going to run high. Like, they just got done for 60 minutes pummeling each other. Like, you don't just calm down and, like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, everything's fine now. There needs to be a little bit of separation there, and uh, I think that when the dust settles on all of this, Michigan State is in, is in bigger trouble than just losing five of their last six games. They have they've got a culture problem right now where you've got guys jumping opponents in in tunnels after games, and you've got issues when your coach and there everybody's kind of feeling the the pressure right now because the coach is swatting out fans who are reaching down for high fives and stuff. It's not good in East Lansing. It's not good one bit. You know what is good for Mel Tucker ninety five million dollars. That's gonna be guaranteed. Uh, you know. That's- <laughs> Coach, coach salaries, baby. They're there. Uh, they're there for everybody right now. All right. Well, hey, how about this then? Auburn just fired a coach. Hmm. Should Duck fans be concerned? Oh. Danny Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. The 
sing. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? So the Auburn Tigers have fired Brian Harson, uh, their head football coach, after a 9-12 and start. He didn't even make it two full years. He gone. But he got all the money. He did get all the money. Now, this is a lot of money, too. Uh, because they fired Brian Harson, they're going to buy out his contract of $15.5 million. That's ridiculous. 50% of which is due within 30 days. They owe him nearly $8 million. Good for him. The other half will be split up into four installments. Oh, my goodness. I just want one of those installments. Can I have one installment? Yeah, I'd be, now, I'd be fine with that. But they also are still paying Gus Malzahn $21 million. Hmm. As part of his firing, and Kevin Steele, who they thought was going to be the head coach after Malzahn, they're paying him $5 million. So in total, the Auburn Tigers are paying $41.5 million to coaches to not that coach will football. not be coaching there. Yeah. Okay. That is mind-boggling. I feel like that's what Odyssey does when they pay me. They pay me to not do radio. <laughs> what? <laughs> What are you talking about? I mean, that doesn't even make sense. It sure does. You're literally on the radio oh, right am now. I? I don't know. <laughs> um, but forty-one and a half million dollars just to have coaches go away. Auburn's a disaster, and they got a new athletic director coming in, and people are going to say, "Well, hey, things are going to be different." He came over from Mississippi State. He's going to be great. He last two coaches he hired were Joe Moorhead and Mike Leach. I have zero faith that this will be rectified or Auburn is going in the right direction by any sense. They are a beacon of dysfunction. The reason why Brian Harson's fired is because this started when he was hired. There were two different camps. You have like different facets of boosters who all feel like they have enough power, and there's a bunch of infighting there. It doesn't matter who the AD is. If you have a, a collective of a bunch of boosters – and they divide themselves on every issue and every coach. I mean, this has been happening for decades now. It is incredible that Gene Chizik won a national title and Gus Malzahn got them back to another one. Well, it is staggering much that like, that happened. Much like Lendell White, giant bags of cash can overcome a lot. Yeah, and now the kind of the playing field has been leveled on that because now you have collectives. Mm-hmm. And it's all legal and on the up and up. This is going to be the thing that's going to be interesting. Is that you're already hearing this buzz in the coaching circles of that's going to be a determining factor as to what jobs are appealing and which ones aren't is how organized you are on that front. And that is where Auburn when you have competing facets of your boosters, how attractive is that? How attractive is it to a coach to sit there and say, like, Brian Harson never got a shot? No. And they packed up a national championship winning coach. And they said, see ya, and sent him packing. Like, it, it, the last two coaches, one to win it, and then the last one to take you to one, they were bounced unceremoniously and just said, see ya. Why, why would you do that? 
because the money, because the money is just too good to pass up, and it's an SEC job. Yeah. And here's the thing: um, right now, Dan Lanning is trending in Auburn circles, and rightfully so. He's a young coach, SEC background. Mm-hmm. He's coached at Auburn's two rivals at Alabama and at Georgia. And look, everybody, if you want to coach, you just come to Oregon and you you pluck them away, right? Well, I, Dan Lanning is a buyout of fourteen million dollars at Oregon, which. Sounds like a lot of money, but also Auburn seems to be willing to just set fire to it. Yeah, but that is so. Then you're 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 saying before you even reach a contract with Dan Lanning, mm-hmm. you are paying fifty five million dollars to not coach, and football. you don't, and you're not. That doesn't even that doesn't even factor in his salary at all. Or no, sixty million dollars. You're paying like sixty million dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's before his salary is even accounted for. And he's going to want a big raise, and he's going to want a hefty raise uh, to go down there and be your next coach should be fired. Here's the thing. I think they're getting – because there's a new AD that's coming in also. Mm-hmm. I that's think whoever they – well, I think whoever they hire is going to be there for at least four years. Why? Because they can't afford to anymore. <laughs> Quite <laughs> literally. And that's and that's the thing is that that's why I think that landing is going to be safe at least for this year in these coaching cycles, and the Ducks better be ready to pony up because they're going to have to give him a very hefty raise to keep him around. I mean, there is there is one hundred percent you have got to pay to keep this guy around. He's doing a fantastic job so far. He is doing a fantastic job, and here's the thing: I, I think you have to worry a little bit as a Duck fan. Because I think Auburn does have the money and the, the ability to, because it is it is a top flight title winning SEC job. There's only so many of those in the country, but you're hoping that their stupidity over their last couple firings will be the prohibitive factor. The flip side of this is the likelihood is that Auburn's going to want to go after somebody who they do need to get a buyout for because they they're not going to try another coach. They're going to go get a coach that they believe in. Mm-hmm. And Lanning, I think, kind of rides that line of being a guy that could be their their Dabo, that could be their Saban, that could be their Kirby, that could be that guy for them. But is the buyout too prohibitive? Okay, $14 million is, is massive. A, it's, it is. It's a big one. But, again, I think the next coach they're going to go with, I don't think they're going to go with a guy that's uh, looking for their first shot. I think they're going to go. They're 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 going to go for the flashy hire, but maybe not the highest tier flashy hire. And again, I think Lanning kind of falls in that category. Uh, I, I don't think Kiffin's a guy that they would go after, but I think like that tier of coach. I think that's the tier of coach that that they're looking at. And I, I put Lanning on there already. Yeah, Lanning's going to be on there. It's going to be hard for them to 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 pluck him because of that buyout. And that, if you're wondering. Uh, so they're paying Harson, uh, fifteen and a half to go away. Scott Frost from Nebraska, fifteen million dollars to go away. Jeff Collins from Georgia Tech is getting paid eleven point three million dollars to go away. Paul Christ at Nebraska, eleven million dollars to go away. Uh, Carl Durrell at Colorado, eight point seven million dollars to go away. Herm Edwards at Arizona State, eight million to go away. At Charlotte, they fired uh, uh, was it uh, Healy? Will Healy? Their head coach, that is seventy one point eight million dollars 
for coaches not to coach at their institutions, and the season isn't even over yet. Here's the thing that's crazy to me on the Auburn side of this. Where are their boosters getting this money from? Oh, it's like, old money, man. Is that what it is? Because, like, yeah. Stanford I get. Yeah. Like, the, the, the those universities, I understand. USC, I understand. Michigan, Ohio State. I understand. Big alumni bases, and they care about football. I guess, man. Are they out mm-hmm. there like are they, you know, passing out the plate at church? Hey, yeah. uh, this this is for the the new church window. Also, the rest of this is going to uh, roll tide. Are they all common Marty Bird clients? Yeah, probably. Mm. <laughs> I mean, every SEC coach typically is. So. Uh, yeah, that tracks. Seventy-one point eight million dollars to coaches, yet uh, the NCAA continues to claim uh, don't have enough money to pay the players. Yep, so, weird. Weird. Everything else would fall apart, you know. Uh, what will we think of the other sports? Why don't we say that when these coaches are getting paid to go away? Hmm. Think of the other sports. Interesting. Seventy-one point eight million. All right. Five zero three two five zero ten eighty. That is the fan text line. Diving some more football, and we got some Shaden Sharp conversation next hour as well. Danny and Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 